2: a very good afternoon to you our cherished and descending listeners it's another beautiful and blessed Wednesday we here at Multimedia excited to bring you yet another exciting edition of your favourite business development programme on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. Masterclass is also brought to us by First Code Management Services. They say industry, get it right. And Masterclass is also brought to us by Lancaster University. They boast of being one of the only British university campuses in all of west africa we are in the month of october and today we bring you yet another exciting edition in the last week and the weeks before we spent time with you talking about strategy with dr kwanta and i believe that that conversation was helpful and insightful if you missed any of it the videos are available on our facebook page by all means go there and do watch those videos and make your businesses better we're going into another area like we always say here on masterclass we bring you only the best And we bring you things that you'd have otherwise had to pay for, had to sit in the lecture room, had to pay some money to get it done. As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, we're bringing you this information so your businesses can become better and so that our nation can become great and strong. My name, as always, is Yabanafu. I'm excited to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. We're going into another area of conversation in this month of October, and it's the area of project management project management. Like all other things today, we talk about digitization, one of the new and emerging areas. We spent time earlier on in the year talking about facilities management. All of these things are becoming scientific. Today, we're going to be moving into project management, which is sort of an umbrella approach, if you like, to managing all the various projects that occur in your work cycle or in your work life cycle. And uh, we're privileged to have a very wonderful person um, who will become a friend of the show after today. Um, he's a playwright, he's a project management author and a trainer. He's also the CEO of Globe Management Institute and Globe Productions. He's a certified project management professional and has an MBA with the Project Management Institute of the United States of America. He also has an EMBA with a Swiss Business School in Switzerland and he's a certified international project manager. He's a, a master project manager and a certified management consultant from the American Academy of project management in the USA. His accolades go on and on and on. He's done a lot of work for institutions like the United Nations, the VRA, the World Bank, University of Professional Studies here in Ghana, Action Aid, Teltego, Tiger IPI, and many, many others. He's also accredited to have written the Community Policing Manual in 2019 for the Ghana Police Service and has helped to train over 3,000 community policing personnel. I guess for this afternoon's show... Is Latif Abubakar. Latif, yes, well, welcome so to the conversation. Thank you so he looks much. like a very simple person. But with all this heavy, heavy, Latif, when I grew up, I want to be like. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I saw your slides preparing for this show. And for for anyone who has had a, a brush with project management as a business owner, you, yeah. you, you would attest to the fact that it's one of those areas which is very. Um, should I say has a lot of information yeah. and that needs a bit of attention because yeah. it's garbage in, garbage out. If you do the wrong thing, you'll get the wrong, wrong. result. Exactly. So I will stop talking today. I promise not to talk too much. <laughs> I'll let Latif do all the talk.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs>
2: But in the next four weeks, we'll be looking at this conversation along the following topical areas. For those who like to make notes, today we'll be spending time to look at understanding the world of projects, so sort of introduction. We'll be looking at project initiation in the week two when we come back, and then we'll also be looking at developing developing the project schedule in week three. Then in week four, God permitting, we'll be looking at project execution and project closing. Um, For those of you who like to make notes, we're also streaming live on Facebook, and we have some slides to share. The production crew will be um, putting those slides up so that you can follow the um, the conversation. Before I came here, I, I just tried to do a bit of a, a dig up if you like.
3: Okay. And I found
2: that there are two people in history who are credited with the start of project management. Um, some records, according to Wikipedia, says it goes as far back as 1950. So there's Henry Gantt. Okay. Who is the father of planning and control? Yeah. And he is famous for introducing what we refer to today as a Gantt chat, chat. Mm-hmm. in project management, which helps to schedule all of your works. Mm-hmm. There is also Henry Fayol, who's also responsible for putting together the five principles of management. management. You know, those things they teach you planning, controlling, organizing, yeah, yeah, yeah. leading, yeah, yeah. coordinating. That's Henry Fayol. These are the two people who are credited for starting some good work in the field of project, project management. management. Yeah. But there's a pro- PMP in England, in yeah. King's and Spalding. Who said something interesting? I'd like to just drop that, okay. and then I hand over to you. He says that being a project manager is like being an artist. You have the different colored process streams combining into a work of art. Okay, and that's by Gregory. Um, I can't pronounce his name. Gregory Simorasti. Okay, that's his name, Gregory Simorasti. He's a PMP in England with King and Spalding. Oh. How does a project manager become an artist? While you answer that, let's start from what we're doing today, and let's see um, Uh, how many slides we can we can deliver this this time around.
3: Okay, so. um, Okay, so, basically, I keep saying that I, I like to always start by talking about the fact that project management or projects are inevitable and the world is actually full of projects. Mm. So it's important to at least have some formal education in projects because day in, day out, be it our personal life or even our work, we would encounter numerous projects. So it's good to get a better, a good understanding of project management. We, Begin this lessons by talking about the the world of projects. We want people to appreciate the world of projects even before we begin the practical application of project management, maybe from next week. And if we are talking about the world of projects, people will actually want to know what projects are. Projects is defined internationally by the Pinball Guide, which is the project management book of knowledge, as a temporal work undertaking to produce a unique result service or product. The results, service or product are the outputs of every project. So, um, um, the, the right term for those three words is called deliverable. So anytime you hear the word deliverable, it means that it's a result, it's a service or a product. When we talk about service, we do consultancy. The results of a consultancy, a consultancy services is to produce a service, mm. to give someone a service. We also develop products. The result is to have product. It can be uh, a water, uh, producing a water bottle. It can be developing a software. It can be um, a meal. At the end of the day, we have a product as a result. We also talk about, outside of product, service, and results, we organize elections and so on and so forth. At the end of the day, what do we get that is a result? So every project comes out with a unique result, product, or services. That is the bottom line. We say they are temporal. It simply means that every project has a beginning and an end. That is why we say projects are temporal endeavors. They are temporal work. It can be a 50-year project, but the fact that you've been informed that it's a 50-year project simply means what? It has a beginning and what? An end. So all projects have beginning and ends. You can identify projects using threatens. One, the fact that they are temporal, which I have explained. Mm -hmm. Two, the fact that each project comes out with a unique results, And then three, the fact that projects are progressively elaborated. When we say projects are progressively elaborated, it simply means that at a point in time, every project begins as an idea Mm -hmm. in the mind of a person. That idea is crystallized (laughs) into an objective. It means that what? You've elaborated the idea. Now the objective is crystallized into a plan. Mm. It means what? The plan has also, the the objective has also been what? Elaborated. And then the plan is now crystallized into the execution or production phase of that particular project. Mm. That is why we say for every project goes through that kind of streamline. So we say projects are progressively elaborated. It means that you elaborate on the idea you had from the beginning until you get what? Your results. So every project has three unique features. The fact that they are unique, the fact that they are temporal, and the fact that they are progressively elaborated. It's good to always differentiate between projects and operations. Because, I mean, as, as, as a project manager, you shouldn't confuse and conflate the two. So anytime I'm talking about project management, I want to just hint on operations. The fact that, and then give us just the basic differences between projects and operations. Operations are ongoing and repetitive activities, whilst projects end when your objectives are achieved. Operations are done in fulfillment of your role in an organization. So the role as a marketing manager, the role as a finance manager, your role as an HR, the work you do in fulfillment of that role is usually referred to as an operational work. You understand? But in between your operations, definitely you can embark on projects which are time bound and temporal. So that is a very basic differentiation between projects and operations. Projects don't exist in a vacuum or they don't exist alone. They are found in a broader spectrum. It begins from the sub projects, moves to projects, moves to programs and moves to portfolio. Usually when you are developing a strategic plan, the hierarchy of a strategic plan. This is what we follow from the from activities to sub projects to projects to programs and to portfolio basically um activities are a series of little works we do sub projects are projects that are divided into smaller more manageable components okay. usually we don't like managing projects in bulk if we have any project we like to divide it into smaller components so if you have a six classroom block we would like to divide it into one classroom block next two three and then execute it step by step. That is how project management is done. So we say we make order out of chaos. We like going according to plan. So we, I was talking about the, 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 the fact that projects exist in a broader spectrum. So we have sub projects, we have projects, and we have programs. Programs are two or more projects that are done together to achieve benefits that ordinarily we might not achieve when we execute them differently. What do we mean by that? We simply mean that. So if I'm supposed to give contractor A a business in terms of um, putting up an office complex for me and contractor B putting up an apartment for me, I would prefer to give both the A and B contract to one contractor. The reason is that I'll be able to negotiate better if I give the... economies of skill. Exactly. You understand? Because the contractor himself knows he will be able to share resources if he's handling the two contracts that are similar. So two projects that are similar. So when we talk about similar, it means that the resources required to do project A. The human resource, the material resources required to do project A can be used to do Project B, or mostly it can be used to do Project B. It means that those two projects are what similar. Mm-hmm. So if you take building an office complex and building an apartment, we could say those two projects are similar. Managing those two projects together is what we call programs. programs. It means you are managing two or more projects <coughs> together that are similar. We call them what? Programs. We're able to derive benefit that ordinarily we might not derive when we manage them independently. Then, what the word portfolio comes in. That is actually the the head of the hierarchy. That's portfolio. Mm -hmm. It's basically managing two or more projects or two or more programs that are related or not related. But you are managing them together because you want to achieve the organization's strategic objective. Mm -hmm. So you might be exploring or drilling oil, which is a project. You might be building an office complex, which is a project. You might be developing another software for your company, which is a project. You're trying to do all these three things together to achieve some organization's strategic goal at the end of the year. Trying to manage two different projects that might not be related. We would say all two different programs that might not be related. So it's a mixture of projects or programs or just projects or programs that are not, that might not be related. At a very high level, exactly, they become
2: portfolios. They become, because then the responsibility at that level is for multiple, multiple either related or otherwise.
3: And otherwise. Good. So so then we would say that the hierarchy of a strategic plan begins from an activity, climbs into sub-projects, to projects, programs, and then it ends with what? Portfolio. Mm-hmm. That is basically it. So um, at least we've been able to tackle projects, differentiate between projects and operations, and then talked about the hierarchy when it comes to projects now what actually is project management because we are talking project management it's pretty simple we are saying that wherever you go to acquire skills wherever you go to acquire knowledge Mm -hmm. tools and techniques projects that are project management related and then you move to your office or your workspace and then you apply those knowledge skills tools and techniques to whatever you are doing it simply means you are doing project management. That is it so it is so in definition they will say it is the application of the skills, knowledge tools, and techniques on project activities to meet requirements so whatever knowledge you gather across project management, whatever skills you gather, whatever tools and techniques after this session that we are having this master class, if you go to your workspace and then you apply it even being at home or at work, mm-hmm. we will say you are applying you are practicing project management That's, mm. that is actually what project management is who is a good project manager or the person responsible for making sure that the objectives of a project is achieved is the person we refer to as the project manager currently we just don't refer we've differentiated between project managers and good project managers Mm. yes you know we 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 currently know that most people refer to we have book professors in quotes uh, book doctors, mm-hmm. who are more knowledge in terms of, knowledgeable in terms of the book. But when it comes to practical wise, we are, they are unable to apply. Mm. And we know those exist. As for project managers, if you are just a book knowledgeable project, project manager, manager, we'll yeah. call you a project manager. But we want to, if you're a good project manager, it means that you have the knowledge, you have the, the interpersonal skills, and then you have what we call the ability to perform.
1: The performance skills, and you
3: have that's it exactly. So, the performance comes with experience and being able to work with others. The knowledge is what you have acquired the skills, tools, and techniques you have acquired. And then, the interpersonal skills is the ability to resolve conflicts, the ability to lead people, Mm. the ability to motivate people. Mm. Those are inherent mostly, even though now we teach them the soft skills. So, to be a good project manager and not an ordinary project manager, you must acquire interpersonal skills, you must acquire the knowledge. And then you must be able to perform. That is, gather the experience and work with others to achieve results.
2: You know, as you talk, I just thought I'd just chip this in because there are a lot of people I've come across who I had this conversation with who have gone through the the initial training or they've done some kind of certification for project management. But the point you make about the fact that you must practice it because that's what makes you better. Just to let people also understand that if you're listening to us, you're a business owner, you've never done this before. At some point, you're managing one project or the other. So the distinction is not whether you're a project manager or not. not. It's whether you're a good project manager Manager. or not. But even better is the fact that the profession of project management is so scientific today that even after you've qualified, there are systems in place to monitor what you are doing and you earn merit points. And I don't want to take the wind (laughs) out of your seal. So if you're sitting there, you did the exam five years ago, you squat. You have to go back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, are not, you are not practicing. Yeah, exactly. Somebody has to measure. And there's a, there's a plug-in where all across the world, when, once you plug-in, we see what you've done in the last one year. That is exactly what happens. And measuring it.
1: Yeah, that so is exactly if what you are happens. like
2: me, who has been still for a while, please go back to the drawing board. <laughs> I just thought I chip that in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it's important for people to know that the emphasis is on the practice of it. That is the emphasis. It, it's not because just a qualification. With,
3: with, with a qualification, if you don't practice, you lose your certification. There you go. Yeah. So you need to practice and then prove to the world or to the body, the the, the awarding body, mm-hmm. that you are actually applying the principles of project management or you are mm-hmm. putting it to work before you be able to maintain your certification and credential.
4: Mm-hmm. You
3: understand? So you, it's not just about the, getting the knowledge. No, you lose it at the end of the day. If you still want to have your certificate, mm-hmm. it means that you need to continuously practice. Mm-hmm. So it tells you. Some of us had a certification in two thousand and nine. And it's been almost twelve years now, eleven years now. And so you, it means you months have months. to, yes, you have to renew. You have to renew continuously. Yeah. Yeah. When we are talking about that, let's talk about the project management office. Mm. So currently, people have what we call the project management office within their organization. It's basically a centralized unit that coordinates projects projects under the, the under the domain of the organization. Focus on every project. So it serves, the, the Project Management Office actually serves as a knowledge depository. Yeah. So whatever information you need with regards to project that has gone on within the organization, you go to the Project Management Office. When it comes to the right methodologies we need to use and templates we need to use to apply on projects in our organization, the Project Management Office is, respons- is responsible for what? giving us those methodologies and templates. Because, you know, there are several methodologies now when it comes to project management. So depending on which, organi- which organization you are, you might be adopting either the PMI or the Prince2 mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So the project management office is responsible. When it comes to training needs gaps, skills gaps, mm-hmm. then the project management office is actually responsible for that. So if you're going to embark on a project and your staff don't have the requisite skills with regards to how to handle that particular project the project management office is responsible for what equipping them with those knowledge and skills to be able to apply before they go into exactly so that is actually what we mean by the project management office currently in ghana it's not popular not most organizations don't really have the project management office we know some few organizations that have and then currently other organizations are also establishing the project management office Mm -hmm. but this is how it works when, project, when companies are embarking on projects, the department responsible for the project, as even it's a marketing department and there's a marketing campaign project we need to develop. The marketing department, the head of the department of marketing's office automatically serves as the virtual project management office. <laughs> so the project management office now rotates. So if it's an IT-based project and then the head of IT is in charge, mm-hmm. his office automatically serves as what? As a virtual project management office. Project management office. That, is what it, that is what is happening now. But the proper thing that needs to be done is to have a project management office because mm-hmm. of one important thing that we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. which is learn lessons. We need to document learn lessons of projects that has been done in our organization. It's very important. We are talking about projects. Projects, project, project, and mm-hmm. project management. There's one fundamental base of projects that you need to know as a project manager. That's the project constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, we have... Three of we have two options of the project constraints. We have one we call the primary constraints, and then we have another we call the multiple constraints. Right, primary constraints is it's basically scope, schedule, cost. The constraints are those primary constraints are represented by what we call the equilateral triangle mm-hmm. the triangle that has all the angles equal and all the size equal. Mm-hmm. What it means is that anytime you're on a field as a project manager. And one aspect one of these parameters is tempered with. Automatically it's just like you 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 either elongating, stretching one side of the of the triangle it or shortening a it. Exactly. It means that one of or either of the other factors or parameters will be affected. So you need to stop whatever you are doing and measure the impact of the first parameter on the other parameters
2: this point you just made just for maybe 30 seconds juxtapose that against a real life scenario in let's say a company that manufactures shoes yep or manufactures body cream Mm -hmm. just so we we we, i want the analogies okay to to be to be practical to to our people
3: okay so for instance um we are embarking on okay so we we are producing uh what should we produce Shoes. we are producing shoes and then we are supposed to produce 10 shoes in 1 hour mm-hmm. now so and the cost of the shoes for production of that, those 10 shoes is like let's say 100 cities mm-hmm. and we are producing 10 shoes so the time frame is 1 hour the quantity or the scope is 10 shoes mm-hmm. and then the amount <coughs> is what 100, 100 cities, cities yes. so let's assume it's 1 hour and we are done with just 7 shoes what happens what, ha- what, what, what has happened? We are done with seven shoes. It means that the scope of work, which was supposed to be 10, has been reduced to, what, seven. Mm-hmm. What, has, what, what happens to time? It simply means that your time frame for finishing within one hour is going to stretch. You will delay the timelines for the next activity, and you, you might delay the timelines for your project automatically. You might miss and when, market window. Exactly. When you need to deliver to your clients. That is what we are trying to say. So if any of the parameters is affected, there's a likelihood that, one, if scope of work is affected, there's a likelihood that the timelines might be affected and then the budget might also be affected. And it's important
2: that, you know, we make this point to our business owners because every time you are handling something, don't assume that, you know, and I've always said here that you can't be a jack-of-all-trades. As a business owner, as a CEO, you can't be a jack-of-all-trades. Today, there's a lot of information available. Data is power. If you are not well-versed in that area, shout. Raise your hands and say, (laughs) I need help. The fact that you did an MBA in finance does not mean you are a project manager. It does not mean you should lord it over everybody. Get help. Because, you see, when you don't consider what you just said about the three factors being equitable in the primary and the collateral triangle, what's going to happen is that if you are paying by the hour, you will still pay those workers for the extra hours that they didn't produce. Yes, otherwise you have a labor issue on your hands exactly. so it's absolutely important so it affects I, w- cost. I want us to use practical examples yeah. so that our
3: people can get it affects costs, and then it affects timelines and delivery yeah. too as well and then where, what happens to your project at the end of the day so, for us, we always say that the primary constraints is actually one of the backbones when you are managing projects. Mm. You need to keep an eye on it. Very serious. These primary constraints, as time went on, has been improved upon, has been expanded to include other factors. Mm-hmm. That is why we now call them multiple constraints. So, factors such as risk, fact- factors such as customer satisfaction, and factors such as quality has actually been added. It simply means that if either of the factors are affected, there's a likelihood that one of these factors that we have mentioned might be affected. Mm -hmm. So as a project manager, immediately you hear that, Charlie, there is delay. Automatically, we halt and then check the impact of the delay on our budget, on our scope, on our quality, on our customer satisfaction before we progress. So if there is anything that we need to resolve, you resolve it because we don't like piling problems Mm -hmm. because the cost of changes is always high at the end. And very low. So the earlier we resolve issues of changes, the better. The better. You understand? So that is actually what we mean by the primary constraints and then the multiple constraints when it comes to project management. It's, it's a very, very, very important factor. Mm-hmm. There are things we need to look out for when we are managing projects or when we are going through the project management processes. Naturally, there are about 47 processes by, per the PMI standard or 47 steps that we need to take to execute a project from beginning to an end. You understand? And we are saying that in going through these steps, there are certain factors that might affect whatever you are doing. And there are two of those factors. We call them the enterprise environmental factors and then the organizational process assets. In short, we call them the EEFs and then the OPAs.
2: Hold on to that thought for me. E E F S O P S. Yes. We'll be coming back to that thought shortly, but we want to get interactive so that our listeners can also ask questions yeah. so that yeah. it can be practical for us. Um, yeah. We'll be opening the phone line shortly, but before we do that, we take a quick message from our sponsors. When we return, we open the phone lines and then you can begin to make your phone calls, send in your comments, and then we get interactive. We take a message from our sponsors right now.
3: The favorite on air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302 216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 0551 1119 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention, everyone. Class is in progress.
2: Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass and we're going to be getting interactive very shortly. Today we're talking about project management with Latif Abubakar and we're sharing thoughts on how, as a business owner, you can leverage on the principles of, of project management to help your business. We'll be opening the phone lines very shortly, but before we do that, here's a quick message for you from our sponsors. If you own a motor vehicle of any kind, Goyle has some great information for you. Goyle is rewarding all its prepaying Go customer cards with two percent West discounts per litre on all fuel purchased. You also enjoy discounts on lubricants at Goyle stations nationwide. Elevate your goodness by joining the Goyle's Go Club today and enjoy up to three percent West discounts on all fuel purchased. Goyle, good energy. Goyle Yenara Yedia. Just to remind you also that masterclass today is brought to us by First Code Management Services Industry, get it right, and Lancaster University, the only British university in all of west africa phone lines are now open i want you to pick up that phone give us a call if you are driving please park before you you give us a call don't text while you drive because we want you to arrive alive but otherwise give us a call on zero three zero two two one six five four one that's zero three zero two two one six five four one you can also send us your comments on zero five five one 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 nine nine seven want to hear your thoughts project management as a business owner the distinction is not whether or not you're a project manager or not. It's whether you're a project manager or a good project manager because at some point in our lives, we're always managing projects by the definition of project management. Mm-hmm. Numbers to call again, 0302-216541. That's 0302-216541. Or you can send us your comments on 55 11 Let's hear your thoughts on what projects have you managed recently? How did they go? Um, what went wrong, what went right, what were the learning points, how can we all become better for it. Latif, EEFs, OPS. OPS. Uh, EEF. While we wait for the phone lines to ring, let's, let's finish up so on that. So EEFs yes. are
3: basically factors in the environment of the project that may influence its success, positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. There are factors that we usually don't have control over. We did not create, but they might affect our project. As project managers, you should try and identify such factors, like inflation, We don't have control over them. We usually did did not create Mm -hmm. it, but they might affect our project. Like Mm -hmm. marketplace conditions, Mm -hmm. like political conditions. Marketplace conditions are basically looking at the market to determine prices and goods Mm -hmm. of whatever you want to do. You don't have control over the market prices, but you might use it. It Transport first. Exactly. Do you have control?
2: Raw material availability.
3: Do you have control? But it might affect whatever project you are going to embark on. Those are what we call the enterprise environmental factors. Factors that we did not create, we don't have control, but they might influence our project positively and negatively. Mm. Then we have what we call the organizational process assets. Those Mm. are things that we create by ourselves. They are assets of the organizations. Things that we create and we may use it to influence our project's success. For instance, templates. Mm. We create templates and then we, we operationalize it. To, to, to influence the direction of what how people might implement projects in our organization. Um, example also could be project documents that we create. Everything that you have control over, you created by yourself. The procedures within your organization, those are all referred to as what OPAs. So we are saying that as project managers, when you are embarking on projects, you should try and identify these factors, the EEFs and OPAs, so that you manage them because it shouldn't come to you as a surprise. It might one way or the other negatively influence your project. Exactly. Try anticipate Mm -hmm. them, identify them and see how best you would manage them as and when they appear or they occur on our project. See
2: how best you can use
3: them as a
2: positive tool
3: rather than they coming as a surprise and
2: becoming what? Mm -hmm. A negative tool. And someone may ask how do you anticipate them? There's data. Yes You you won't be the first person you, doing not it. not at all you not the first person Doing, doing it, the that project. project Exactly There's data available there is, What yeah. happened the last time Somebody tried to do it Trend analysis It you know, exactly. you informs your own decision So that's Perfect. how you can You can anticipate it There is it.
3: always data available For yeah. you
2: There is always data You would get it on Google And so many places too, as well. So you shouldn't have a problem when I've it comes got a comment on social media This one is from Ajuman Joseph Good afternoon to you Ajman Joseph From Tema uh, It says AK Ajingo the man It says Good afternoon Masterclass Great topic My question is, what is the difference between someone putting up a building or manufacturing and those people embarking on some projects, say, to help offerings and the needy? Okay, so he's talking about charity projects. So um, if I understand you, um, Joseph, you are referring to hardcore tangible projects and intangible projects, yes. the ones you can touch, like the construction stuff, yes. the hardcore stuff, yes. and the ones yes. which are service-based and service the ones you can touch. Yeah. All those qualify as projects. As projects.
3: That's why we say projects come up with two, three unique results. Right. It can be a service, it can be a product, mm. and then it can be a result. Mm. So it can be mostly tangible or intangible. But the most important thing is that every project
2: result is measurable and verifiable. And verifiable. So, so he wants to know, I think I have a caller on the line, Good afternoon, you welcome to Masterclass. Your name, where you're calling from?
4: Yeah, good afternoon, Mr. Balapos.
2: Your name, where you're calling from,
4: sir? Oh, my brother, talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I think my other question has been answered. Oh, okay. And the second question is... Yes. Um, in terms of the environmental challenges or environmental... Yes. Um, sometimes, when you enter into the rainy season, whereby... Production so might be slow, or sometimes you get workers coming to work, they'll be sitting down just because they can't help it. It is raining heavily. You can't produce the number that you're supposed to produce at a certain point in time. Is it advisable to, to produce more, even if you have to pay a lot extra, so that the amount of that you might end up having a lot of goods in stock?
2: Okay, Adman. Um, if you could reposition yourself for me and ask your question again, I got you to the part where you said, "In cases where, for example, the weather is bad, is it appropriate to distribute more?" And then I lost no, you. No,
4: no. The question is, if we are in a season that the weather is able to, that the weather is allowing us to produce enough. Do we have to produce more than necessary so that we have enough in stock so that when we get into the rainy season, whereby
2: so that's what you know, and you have enough to talk, right? Okay, okay, I get your question now. Um, Latif yes. take so it's, take it's, a it's,
3: it, it cannot be a blanket answer because if I say yes to um, a, a, a manufacturing company producing shoes or clothes, mm. he can produce more and store it. Mm-hmm. But if I say that same yes to someone producing
2: perishable goose. It might not be... I'll, I'll answer that question for Latif. <laughs> <laughs> resources are not infinite. Yes. So at, at every point in time as a business owner, when you are producing or manufacturing, your aim is to maximize productivity and exactly. optimize your, your output. So to the extent where you can stretch yourself, yes, do that extra. But don't do it to the point where now, you know, you don't know what's going to happen on the market. market, Because at some point when, you know, you can't produce and the market is not moving, that's your cash you've locked up. And you're going to be losing money. It's not just what you don't sell. But it's alternative business lost. You could have put that money to different use. So the answer to your question is stretch yourself to the levels where it is practically okay to do that. Yeah. But don't go beyond unreasonable limits.
3: And, and, when, and when we say practically okay, it means that you have, a, you have buyers ready exactly. to buy whatever you're stretching yourself to produce yeah. instantly before the raining season. Yeah. Otherwise, you lock your capital, and then your goods are still there, and then we
2: are in the exactly. rainy season. Because if you don't have the market, and your, your normal production limit is 100%, and you now want to do 200%, what's going to happen is that you are locking up your cash. That is it. And, and that okay. cash, even if you did nothing with it and you put it in the bank... You would be earning something, something on it. But once you've produced you're not selling.
3: then uh, Unless
2: you keep changing your prices. <laughs> you know, so uh, it has to be, um, it's not a yes or no, no answer. answer. Yeah. It's on a case-by-case basis. Case, case basis, basis. Yes. exactly. That's okay, it. we're waiting for the, another call to come through. Um, but yes, I think you have a few more points to finish yes. on, your, um, yes. on so, the strategic plan.
3: Yes, so I was I actually was talking about, I, I spoke about the factors that affect projects. Mm. That's the enterprise environmental factors and then the
2: organizational process asset, as the OPAs. Now, I want to talk about... I think I have another caller on the line. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Your name and where you're calling from, sir. Hello, good afternoon. My name is Harrison. I'm calling from Dodoa. Hey, brother, how are you doing?
4: I'm good. I'm good. And yourself? Talk to me. Okay. Uh, I'm happy the way the resource person explained the project triangle. Right. Which consists of the, the budget, the uh, time, Mm. And then the cost. Mm. Okay, uh, I wanted to find out from him. Apart from Prince Two and uh, apart from Prince Two and uh, Microsoft Project, do you have any software in managing projects? Because uh, these are the two I've been using for my, for managing my projects. I wanted to find out if there's other software uh, in managing
2: projects, as far as he, he knows. Right. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much. So just keep listening. We'll, we'll answer okay. that question. Okay. So, so yes. Like, go ahead, okay. Please, so go ahead.
3: we have Primavera. Is another software you can use, and then people use Excel. So it's MS Project, um, Prince2, mm-hmm. Primavera, and then you can some people use Excel actually. People mm-hmm. who are have the advanced knowledge of Excel use Excel to also manage projects in terms of the scheduling and then the cost aspect mm-hmm. of projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But I'm sure that after your question today, maybe by tomorrow morning, there will be new apps oh, or yeah, software available. Yeah, there
3: are, there are a lot of you know, to help the process
2: yeah. because digitization is taking over the world oh, and yes, things yes, are yes. becoming much easier to do. But that's what he's talked about. This those are the popular ones we've mentioned. Right. The very popular ones. But there are lots, there are lots mm. of it. Okay. Uh, I have a few comments on social media as well. Uh, it says Good afternoon, yeah. My name is Layla. I love listening to your show. Great stuff. Project management is about life. If we accept it like that, the world will be a better place. Please keep up the good work. Thank you, Leila. Okay, so that's some good feedback from us there. Somebody sent me a text. You know where you spoke about um, everything, literally everything being a project in life? Yeah. Um, Somebody was being mischievous and they sent me a text and said, is marriage a project? (laughs) <laughs> I, think, I think we've had that <laughs> argument before. don't. Worry, don't don't answer the question. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to get dra- dragged down that line. But um, you know, you you spoke about a good project manager and a bad project manager. Yeah. Um, the question I have here is this: You spoke about sorry projects and operations. Yeah. Would you say that one is a subset of the other? Because I think your your explanation of operations is where the project's timeline has lapsed and it's been delivered. And then now it goes into, into the cycle work. of operations. Yes. That's what you mean by operations. Yes, yes. But would you say one is a subset of the other? No, I wouldn't
3: say one is a subset of the other, but it mm. depends on the situation. So, mm. for instance, if I'm, if I'm doing my operational work mm. and I have day in, day out, little projects to do, then now the project becomes like a subset to the operations. Mm. So as a, as a, my marketing, my role as a marketing manager means that I'm doing operational work in fulfillment of that particular role as a marketing manager. Mm. In between, I do small, small projects. I launch, some com- I, I, I launch products, I develop some marketing campaigns, and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm embarking on projects. Then I can say that, okay, so the operational role is what? An umbrella body to the project. But there are some people who are just doing projects like me. Mm. Project full-time, project consultants. I, I do, I do on projects. Mm. So I really have the projects rather being the umbrella body to the, most of the operational works we are embarking on. So I, yeah. it's, it's interrelated. I like the, the I like the
2: analogy that you drew when you spoke about activities uh, moving into projects, Pro, into sub projects, into projects, into, projects, into and programs, into and then into portfolios. Because this is literally the structure of every corporate today.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: So yep, literally, yep. you know, it, I mean, and in, in those who measure strategy and performance, they'll say KPIs, KRAs, <laughs> exactly. um, objectives, initiatives. <laughs> and there's also some of nomenclature. But it trickles down <laughs> from it. a certain high level, level to a certain low level. It's talk about your vision, it trickling down to deliverables and action Actions points for points. somebody to deliver. And if all of that is done, it feeds back into the great picture. That is it. Would you say that um, functional competence today... Okay. Let me not prejudice the question. the project manager needs to have an understanding of the different areas of functional competence yes to be effective yes so that if finance is um, let's say implementing a new software yeah that becomes a project yes if marketing is changing the brand and refreshing the brand, yeah. that becomes a project mm-hmm. um, if HR is doing a new software for managing that, the people in the institution yeah. that becomes a new project yes. to what extent should the project manager be well versed at least to a certain basic minimum level of the other functional competency so, areas? So,
3: so, for everyone that will go through a formal project management training, like let's say the Prince 2 or let's say more importantly the, projects, the PMP Certified Project Management Professional training, the application of project management is dependent on 10 knowledge areas of management. 10? 10. Ten. So we have what we call the integration knowledge area, the scope knowledge area, the schedule knowledge area, the, the, the cost knowledge area, the quality knowledge area, the resource management, then the uh, communication management, risk management, procurement management, and stakeholder management. So before you can effectively apply the principles of project management at work, that is initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, and controlling, and closing, you must have a very good understanding of these 10 areas
2: of management that yeah. I have mentioned. As you speak about these areas, it, it draws my attention to something we discussed earlier this year about being a general manager of your company or being the chief operating officer of your company or being at a certain level of senior management. Yeah. You literally must have oversight over the various working arms of, of the organization. Yeah. Would we begin to say that in the coming years or years, I say years, the project manager um, literally, or should I say the GM or the COO, is becoming a project manager? I actually believe in that, totally.
3: To be effective? To be effective, I totally, because I keep saying that, see, project management cuts across 97% of all industries. To be able to be very effective currently, and that is why that the, the, the project management actually as a program is, is, is actually currently being rated as one of the sought-after
2: Mm. Uh, courses in the world. It's an in thing now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Everyone's talking PMP, PMP project, project management. management. But there's you no know, sense that's what we define it. We make it look like. <laughs> my mom used to say, if the only tool you have in your hand is a hammer, you see every problem as a nail. So, as <laughs> you speak, my mind comes to the fact that literally everything is project management, isn't it? Everything is project management. Trust me. And You're now, having a baby. It's project nah, project You're getting management. married. It's You're project planning management. a wedding. Planning a 17th day your party, father. You're doing a brand change. So literally everything is project everything management. Everything is project.
3: That's why, I kept, and that's why I started by saying that projects are inevitable, be it our personal life or at work. Mm. We don't have a choice as human beings. The world currently is full of projects. So the best you could do for yourself is equip yourself with the knowledge, skills,
2: and tools and techniques of project management. There's a comment on social media. I think this will be my last. It says, uh, this is from Ransford Ajete. Um, Ascent Globe Language Consult. He says, insightful program, Joy FM. Please, may I know how to dovetail the SWOT analysis with project management to achieve your goals? We can do this in 30 seconds. Anyway. Um, okay, so what we actually do
3: is that I would say that we apply the SWOT analysis basically when we are identifying risk. Mm. And would be in, in summary, we say the, you analyze your strength to maximize your opportunities and then analyze your weaknesses to minimize your threats. Yeah. That is there's 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 a template for it. it sounds like a
1: rap. <laughs>